In life and in business, it's not only what you know, but it's also who you know. The connections you make and the relationships that you form. In 1963, one of the biggest artists of the day, Roy Orbison, was touring Great Britain. And his backup band? The Beatles. In 1971, George Harrison and friends put on the concert for Bangladesh. And Bob Dylan does his first live performance in years. And Harrison joins Dylan on stage for Hard Rains Are Gonna Fall. Fast forward to 86 and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers are now backing up Bob Dylan on tour. Man, I would have loved to have seen that concert. In 87, Tom Petty and Bob Dylan co-write a song called Jamming Me. And the same year, George Harrison releases Cloud Nine album. His first in five years. It's produced by Jeff Lynne. And the song they co-wrote, Got My Mindset on You, is Harrison's first hit in a very long time. In 1988, all those connections come together when Harrison, Lynn, Dylan, Petty, and Orbison formed the Traveling Wilburys. Being beat up and battered around Being sent up and I've been shot down You're the best thing that I've ever found Handle me with care A supergroup, but also a social experiment and whether leaders in their field, artists at the top of the game, artists that own the spotlight, can come together and collaborate, share the microphone and the stage. Hi, it's Tony Chapman, host of Chatter That Matters, presented by RBC. In this show, I talk to ordinary people who do extraordinary things. And in doing so, we garner life lessons that inspire us to do more and to be more, to get us to where we need, want, and deserve to go. Last year, another supergroup formed. It wasn't in the music industry, but in the field of advertising. Five leaders at the top of their game, standing on the highest rung with all the power and dollars and influence that come from that point of view, jumped off to form a boutique agency, and they called it Broken Heart Love Affair. And that ensemble cast was Bev Hammond, Denise Rossetto, Todd Mackey, Carlos Moreno, and Jay Chani. Their desire was to renew their love for creating advertising. I had an inkling of what they're up to. Jay and I had met months earlier at the Rivoli restaurant. It's across the street from Bell Media where I do radio. He didn't share names, but he talked about the dream of getting back to them, practicing their craft versus being buried in bureaucracy. When they announced, two things stood out. First, they were truly a supergroup. These just weren't names. They were equal in the world of advertising as the members of the Traveling Wilburys were in music. And the same question, could they come together as an ensemble and share pen and pencil? Could they leave their eagles at the door to create the kind of advertising that they dreamed about? The second thing that stood out was they were launching this business at the very beginning of the pandemic. Our economy has been hit by a sledgehammer and in the rubble we were told to stay home, to isolate. These aren't the ingredients that lead to any type of startup, especially one in the service industry where people need to be together to collaborate. Last year, in the very early days, I sat down with them to chat about their dreams. One year later, I sit down with them again to see if these dreams have become reality and if there's any lessons that we can apply to make our dreams a reality. When I come back, I begin by asking each one of them the word that best describes the year they had, and I'm going to begin with Bev Hammond. I want to take a second to give a shout out to RBC. RBC, your words matter to me. Since the very beginning, you sponsored my podcast, my posts, my videos and together we've looked for insights ideas and inspiration 
to help everyday Canadians and small business owners get to where they need and deserve to go. And not once have you asked for anything in return. And it's not just me. Look at Future Launch, a $500 million investment to help youth find and pursue their path in life. RBC, your words matter to me and to a lot of Canadians. Bev Hammond, what is your word? My word is fulfilling. I think it has been a tremendously fulfilling year, particularly in the context of everything that's happened. Uh, we've had such a great time together and uh, I'm just feeling really fulfilled as a person and as a business partner and as a business owner. Perfect. Todd, why don't you go next? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the word I would, I would pick to describe the last year would be uh, surreal. I think if you were to try to guess what it's like to start an agency with five personalities that are as strong as these ones, you would think, you know, five people starting an agency from scratch like this in the middle of a pandemic, there's going to be some ups and downs. There's going to be some, there's going to be some, you know, some big, uh, you know, headbutting events. But to be honest with you, uh, through all this, through all everything that's been thrown at us, we haven't had one, one big blow up or a bunch of open-minded, uh, individuals who really appreciate each other and i just i can't believe what we've been able to accomplish from afar the clients we've been able to 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 win if if you were to script this out saying you're going to start an agency in a pandemic with five these five people how's it going to go you would never write this story the way it's gone it's it just it would sound too too good to be true so why don't we go to denise next i always end the day with like isn't it interesting or curious how we can start this business in a really really difficult time and have fun, or isn't it isn't it interesting? Or how we have five really distinct personalities and strong personalities, like Todd said, but we all manages we all manage our differences. Um, so I feel it's been a massive, really intriguing learning experience um, of all new things. I, I feel it's just been a really uh, curious time. Perfect. And Jay, how about yourself? Um, I think Denise threw the word in there, but it's fun. I, every day I wake up, um, it, every day is fun. Like, it's just, I, I look forward to seeing these people. Um, when I get texts from them, I'm always laughing. And, you know, there's just a lightheartedness to all this. And again, it's been a heavy year for a lot of people, but we've, we've just managed to laugh through all of it. And every day is just, just jokes and, and, and great stories and just a great camaraderie that, it's unbeatable and it just makes it fun to work, wake up every day. And Carlos, we'll end with uh, you. What's your word for the uh, best describes of the year you've just gone through? Uh, thanks, thanks for asking me, Tony. Uh, the, the word is appreciation. Uh, I really, I, uh, these five people on, on the call right now, I appreciate them so much what they bring to the table in their own special flavor and texture uh, and desire that they have to do great things every day. Uh, I appreciate the clients that have chosen to work with us, uh, the, the employees that have come uh, to, to trust us with, with, with their own careers in their own way and, and join this amazing team that we have. But I truly, truly feel appreciation is, is the word that really brings to life all the feelings that I have right now on this call. Going back a year ago, what was really the motivation? Why didn't you even, even, I know that was a dream, but why wouldn't you put, even think about putting it on hold given we didn't know how far the sky was gonna fall on us? I'll start with you, Bev. Take us back to a year ago. A year ago, 
we all, Jay was sort of the, the linchpin in all of this and brought us all together. Um, and we weren't sure, as Todd mentioned, we just weren't sure how it would go. Uh, what really brought me in was the opportunity to work with this incredible group and the potential value I thought I could bring to this group by turning their brilliance into business. And so I was excited by that challenge and I remain excited today and it seems to be working. Here's a great lesson in life. When opportunity knocks, at the very least open the doors with eyes wide open. And if you see something that excites you, then go after it. Let me go to you, Jay, then. It sounds like you were the motivator. So what, what inspired you to, to reach out to these different people and say, hey, let's get back in the studio and fall in love with this sort of strategic and creative process? Yeah, I think um, in my career, I had a chance to work with each one of these people. And each one of them left a huge impression on me, not just because they're super talented, because there's some great talent in this market, but they're also amazing human beings. And and leaders and, and they've paved the way for, for some really great talent to come through and, and to show off their stuff. And, you know, I, I, I just knew that this industry needed a little bit of, of new direction, a new leadership, and we needed to fix some of the fundamental problems uh, in the industry. And I couldn't have think, think of anybody else that I would want to do this with. And so I was really on all of them. <laughs> I remember saying, to them, but also in thinking in the back of my head, you know, I know there's a pandemic and, and there's a chance things could go wrong, but none of us have ever failed in our careers. Um, it doesn't mean that we haven't had hard times, but it means that we've always come through and succeeded. Here's another lesson in life. The people you meet on your path, like the Beatles backing up Roy Orbison, can become your partners in the future. Every encounter in life is an opportunity to fill your knapsack of life. But Carlos, I'm going to go to you because for you to make this decision, you had to break up this dynamic duo, this sort of Batman and Robin. That's probably not fair. Nobody wants to be Robin, but you know, <laughs> these, these two these super heroes that work so well together and decide that you, you're going to go on your own. What went through your head back then and, and that gave you the conviction that says, I can do this within this group, even though it means leaving my creative partner who I've worked with for arguably two decades behind. Ah, you're making me emotional too early in this conversation. I, I've, I've always had this inkling of wanting to do something like this for a long time. And, you know, the moments that I did have the confidence to do it were also balanced out by the not confidence that I can't, that I don't think I can do this. And um, I remember one day I had a conversation with Peter and he goes, you know, you can do this. And I said, I totally, I kind of, there was this freeing moment that happened. And at that time, we were all starting to talk together uh, in terms of doing this with Todd, Jay, Denise, and Bev. And I remember thinking to myself of that conversation and, and having this moment that, yeah, we can do this. And it's going to be an amazing moment in terms of legacy for all of us, for the five of us that are on this call to, to be able to, like Jay was saying, you know, try to give it a, a great shot at making things better in, in our industry and for our clients. Here's another life lesson. They aren't the heroes of the story. Their dream is going beyond winning more awards. It's about making things better for their industry and their clients. 
So Denise, you're one of the, I mean, you just recently got the, the, the highest accolades as a creative director in Canada. And you left a firm that had a, you know, you had your choice of whatever creative campaigns you wanted to work on, big budgets. How did you feel knowing you were gonna to go to a small shop and the work that you were gonna create, the canvases you were gonna paint might not be the same magnitude that you had in your previous shop? Well, it was, it really was, when I'm hearing you ask these questions, I'm trying to think back to how I felt at that time. And I use the word felt because it was absolutely just based on a feeling. So it was meeting in sort of, um, you know, bars with um, Jay and, and Carlos. And, and it was just the energy I felt when I was around these guys and we were talking about our dreams and what we wanted to make. Um, I, I, was, I was craving that energy and that excitement. And I used the word curiosity earlier. I was really curious about a different way of working and doing things. Uh, maybe the way that I, I was craving to do them. Um, and I also started at a, at a startup. So I started at Taxi when it was five, six people. And I understood the energy and what you can make when you have uh, a few people all on the same page. It's very, very, very exciting. And I was craving that, that feeling. I love the word craving. So often in life, we let our head overpower our heart. Instead of chasing risk, we choose a flight to safety. Of course you need to do your homework to balance risk and reward, but always, always listen to your heart. So Todd, take me back to a year ago, because this was a brand new tightrope for you as well. Did you have any self-doubt at all, or did you just feel that you're going to be able to hit the ground running and that tightrope would feel firm under your feet? There probably wasn't, there probably wasn't a time in my career where I was more terrified than uh, making the leap. I mean, I my wife's in the business. I've watched her build a, a few agencies, so I know the work that can go into it and, and how hard that can be. Um, but there was the opportunity that everyone's talked about. You never get the chance, and, and, and your um, anecdote about the traveling Wilburys is, is perfect. Like, when do you get the opportunity to yeah, leave something behind that that um, is, is exciting, but to get to work with the greatest strategist that I've met, not not even in Canada, like in, in the in the in the globe. I've been chasing Carlos's tail ever since for the last, you know, however many years of my life. And it's like, oh, I just Pete and Carlos, Pete and Carlos. Uh, Bev is like by far the smartest business person I've even come close to meeting. She knows exactly what is crucial to run a successful, uh, strategically, creatively driven agency and uh, I've worked with a lot of talented writers not no one can even come close to Denise like the way the way that uh, she crafts ideas when you get an opportunity to work with a group of people like this the fear kind of gets like set aside because like on paper this is kind of a no-brainer even though every day was kind of like so how, we're good to when June July we're good till August now okay we're good till September now like it's it's it was terrifying for sure, but the confidence that I have in this group of people and their talent and their drive, um, you were, I was able to just set it aside and do it and just see see what happens. And uh, it was it was I don't know it was risky risky maybe, but it I mean the pandemic threw the whole other you know thing into the works. But uh, with this group, this I don't know. Uh, I was pretty confident that we we would make it work. Jay Jay told me it was going to work. So. I <laughs> <laughs> Todd, you're making me so emotional. <laughs> Dude, that's good. I want you guys to cry. 
That's mm. crying is very. You're doing it, Tony. It builds my audience. If I get some tears out of you, so don't get, don't hold back. Um, yeah. Did when the pandemic hit, and you know, originally, if you remember back then, it was like a two week lockdown, but nobody knew. Did anybody even suggest that maybe you should put this idea on hold, or was it still we can make it happen regardless of what's in front of us? Um, I I don't know. The answer is no. I mean, like there was no. Like Todd was just saying, like, I think the confidence just came in. And like, even if, if anyone had a moment of doubt, the combination of the five of us, if anyone was going to be feeling down or like, or in a moment that we can't do this, the other four would have picked that person up and said, get on the horse, put your hat on, get your lasso on your hands and just keep going. Cause we're not going to let you, we're not, no one's going to wallow in this. Let's just keep moving forward and do it. Change is tough, and self-doubt will always be present. I know I've made some major changes in my life, but I found that if I rely on my instincts, the people that I know and trust, and I keep putting my foot forward, that self-doubt fades away. The other thing is humility. You know, when you launched, you had so much fanfare, but at a time when so many people were being negatively impacted, do you ever worry that you're talking about success at a time in the pandemic when so many were talking about failure? There were times when I wasn't worried about opening during COVID, which maybe I should have been, but I wasn't. I was more worried about self-promotion because I understood the, the gravity of the situation and, and, and people were dying and um, everybody sat down. We thought about it. How do we thoughtfully do this? And I remember Jay and Bev saying, you know, it's also great to have positive beacons out there for people to to be places that that can survive this and that's what I really really appreciate about this group they have such thoughtful um, approaches to things that I really appreciate let me build on that question of, of uh, what I appreciate about this group I'm going to take you back to traveling Wilburys I watched the documentary again because of this interview and it was a couple of fantastic scenes in it where you know the people are deciding who's got influence and authority I mean kind of George Harrison's pull this together, but you know, Tom Petty likes to be the lead singer. And Dylan, we've got Roy Orbison in the band, of course, he's gonna get the microphone and I have lyrics and when am I gonna show it? Well it's all right. around in the breeze. Well, it's all How have you worked together over the year collaboratively to to define your roles and to make sure that you're producing uh, the kind of product that you took the risk to join this agency to create? I'll start with you, Jay, on this because you're you're the George Harrison. It sounds like in the story. <laughs> I want it to be George. Yeah, no. be George. It might be Robin if you don't watch it. We're gonna go back to that. Okay. Um, it's almost like a scrum. We're like a bunch of kids just running after like a, a cookie. Like Bev's in there providing creative. Like we're all jumping on the opportunities. We all have so much energy, and there's so little ego in the process. It's amazing considering how much the, you know. I'm surrounded by accomplishment from all four of my partners there hasn't been a moment where somebody's egos has shone through. We're all just jumping on it and tackling it with so much energy, but also with decisiveness because sometimes that can create a mess. Um, we're just, we all know what a good idea is. We all know what's highly strategic and, you know, the strategy is coming from the team and we're like, that's the one we move on the creative idea. That's the one, you know, we, we want to pitch um, and we spent collectively 40 hours on that pitch. 
Uh, if you're the business person on it, we were talking off screen and I was saying with your talent as an agency, yeah. I mean, the ability, the ability to even just sell out a half day with Broken Heart Love Affair, I have to imagine that coming out of it would be half a dozen, if not a dozen extraordinary ideas. You have that kind of brainstorming happening all the time within your agency. How does one idea surface at the top when there must be just an abundance uh, of goods to choose from? Well, I think from a, I mean, I come at it from a different perspective than the creative. So I feel like somebody else should probably answer that question. But the, one of the things I would say is that there's so much respect and there, that's, that's a word that uh, I know it gets used a lot, but honestly with this group, everybody's so respectful of everybody else's point of view. And I feel like there's this alchemy that happens and I've watched this group create, I've watched them create on text, I've watched them create in a room. Uh, it, it's amazing to me to see how they build, they're so thoughtful about each other's contributions and then they just start to build on it and it just, it just the alchemy creates magic. It's, I've never yeah. seen anything like it. So it's a very cool experience. It's, it's funny, just to build on what Dev's saying, I think I, just boil it down to one thing to make sure that it works is like open hearts, open minds. You know, we listen really well to each other. You know, sometimes Denise might think that I'm insane, uh, but she's open to my craziness as I am open to Todd's craziness or Jay's or Bev's. So having that respect and that, that ability to listen uh, is all we ask of each other. And that's what we ask of our clients. Todd, how do you know when to stop? You've, you've got the, the idea, you've got the insight. Because again, when you put five talented people and you want to make sure that every song is a hit record, mm -hmm. how do you know when you're there? There's two ways. Um, that's a great question. One, the, the most important way is you run out of time. <laughs> and you go, <laughs> we got to pick something. You know, and, and a lot of times, you're right, a, a, a ton of ideas can come out really fast. Uh, you can spend a couple of days on it and you can fill a wall through 40 things. But um, one thing that brought us together is we all have the same intention. We all know the kind of work that we want and it has, it sort of reverberates within you. The ideas are going to connect with you on an emotional level. So even when you have a wall of 40, there's like five that will sort of talk back to you and sing back to you. And, and it doesn't matter who starts to pick them out, whether it's Carlos or Denise, it's always like, what about this one? Yes. There's always this sort of, um, uh, uniform like yes between us. Very rarely is it like somebody loves an idea, nobody else gets it. Like it's it just hasn't happened that way. Now the other way it happens is is magic. Is it could be the first idea that comes out of like Carlos's mouth. Jay's like halfway through the brief. Jay may even say it sometimes. I think it's already happened where it's like, what about this? We're like, that's great. And it's the it's the first thing in the deck. And sometimes it's the only thing we present. It's like that's a great idea. And it just resonates so fast, you know, because we want to be decisive that's part of our model um let's not waste time we know it's brilliant we know it's on strategy uh we all feel it and so you just go so uh, to me those are the two ways at it i don't know if denise and carlos uh, agree with that but uh, there's one third way where one of us will usually text the other one of us that's enough <laughs> <laughs> that happens that happens when it's just gone too crazy and uh yeah it's some mostly it's carlos i think that's that writes to me, that's enough. <laughs> like, crayons down, everybody. Yeah, crayons down because uh, 
yeah, like Todd said, eventually the, sh uh, the show must, the show has to go on. So, but we tend to gravitate, like, like, I love the word magic coming out because so many people ask us our process and how do we get in a room together and who, who makes the decisions and uh, never, I, I believe in that there is magic and creativity and I, and I feel it now more, more than I ever did. There is something intangible about a feeling of work and a feeling of working together, a feeling of knowing when to not push someone's idea down too far or feeling that an idea is great. There, there's a lot more, there's a lot of feeling going on, I think. Well, that sounds weird. Very much like, like it's funny, is that that openness that we ask of each other is what we ask of anyone working with us, right? Uh, and that, that emotional connection that we are looking from each other as people towards the work is what we're asking of our clients to have when it comes to looking at the work that we're trying to create for them. But Jay, let me go to you on this because let's build on this magic theme, imagining you're casting the spell. Talk to me about insights versus ideas because a lot of people listening to this really don't understand that when that adds out in front, it's made up by different components. You're the strategist. I know you, you, strategy runs deep through your entire agency, but just share with us insight versus idea. Uh, I think, you know, for me, insight is... Um, we talk a lot about purpose-based marketing right now and, and I've kind of actually dissected it more to say it's actually about meaning. And I think the best brands in the world are brands that send signals about the consumers and how they feel or what they want to convey they believe about the world. Uh, and that can include purpose, but it can include a lot of other things like performance and all those great, wonderful things. I, the insight for me is understanding what emotional levers you need to pull um, that are true of the, of the brand for the consumer? What do they want to convey to the world? Uh, what do they need to convey to the world? And what do they need to feel? And if I can isolate that feeling and, and, and relay that to the creative team, then they can kind of, they can play in that playground and create some magical things. And as long as they kind of tether to that feeling, then it's going to work because uh, at the end of the day, we do enough of the, you know, enough of the psychological understanding of the consumers uh, to know that it's going to emotionally move them. And that's the best work out there. That's that magic, right? And that's, I think that's why we know it. And like we talk about it as being magic, but it's because the things that we feel have an effect on us as human beings. And it's work, it's work that, you know, for some reason pulls us in. And, and when we kind of get that feeling, we know we have something real and, and really great. So I can add to that, Tony. One other thing is that the, one of the things that we're proving is that uh, creativity actually builds businesses. And you know, our unapologetically human work for Kruger was a great example of that because it actually drove their business very, uh, very clearly. And um, so it, it's interesting, as, as Jay said, when you get into, you know, when you really <coughs> think about humanity and when you get into to meaning and, and emotion, people react to it and uh, consumers respond and we're seeing that happen. Well, let's talk about this campaign because up until you showed up, most paper product ads were about how absorbent it is, how soft the tissue is. And you shook up the norm with this ad. Let's break down the creative process and tell us how you came to come up with this insight and this idea and the accolades you received, not only from the consumer who said, that's life, that's me, 
But from what I understand, an entire organization got behind it, feeling really energized about the role they played in providing products that people used versus products that were used. Um, I guess I'll start from, we'll kind of do it in the linear process. Um, the brief was really to bring together, I guess, four products under a master brand um, that uh, hadn't really communicated in market um, too much in the past. And they really wanted a purpose-led kind of commentary on the world. Um, and it was at the beginning of COVID when we actually got briefed in on this. So, uh, you know, a lot of factors to consider, but at the end of the day, what we saw is that as humans, we're faced with our own kind of collective vulnerability in this moment. And, you know, we all feel that sense of vulnerability uh, in the face of this massive kind of global pandemic. Um, but in some ways, there's a lot of great strength in that vulnerability and that's in that kind of the softer side of humanity. And we haven't experienced that softness for quite some time. And so that was kind of, that was the brief was really around, you know, this notion of strength and softness, which is, happens to also be true of the products. That's something that they've always celebrated in the past, but it was true of this moment in time of, of humanity. And then, you know, the, the creative team just took it and, and ran with it from there. So somebody from the creative team, tell me how you went from strength and softness to putting that together and then share with me how it went when you first presented it to the client. Um, well, first of all, I wanna say Jay, Jay does an amazing job of taking pages and pages and pages of information and being able to, to sometimes I'll say to Jay, like, what is this about? And he'll use two words like strength and softness. And it, but he comes to that from like looking at tons of research about what's going on in the world and all this stuff. And then he, he puts it in a way that really helps us creatively. Um, I think we, we, I think when um, Jay was talking about strength and softness, it really clicked in for us that the reason these products exist is because of that vulnerability. And what, and culturally, we were really looking at some of the strongest and most vulnerable leaders and thinking, why well, aren't they kind of amazing? And isn't that what truly makes us human is the things that we, we may put these labels on as weak or soft or, but maybe those are the things that actually make us incredibly beautiful and human are, are these flaws and, or what we deem as flaws. And every one of these products was created because we have what people would would maybe have used the word weakness or softness or flaw that we bleed, that we cry, uh, that we use the washroom. And it, it just, it came from, from talking about what strength and softness really means and what, what does that mean to these products, but what does that actually emotionally mean to people? So when you're selling that into a client who might be predisposed to saying, you know, we outperform the competition or uh, Canada's favor, and you're coming in with this kind of idea that's much more, as you said, emotionally charged, it's got that, that resonating note. How do you present that to a client in a way that they have the courage to buy in uh, versus just default to what's worked in the past? I, I, you know what? I, I think it's one of those ideas that when we presented it, you couldn't deny the honesty of it. You, no matter what you had done in the past or what you were used to, the task was to create something unifying for all these products. So it had to, it had to rise above everything else. And the fact that this whole thought just, just was so honest and genuine at a moment when everyone in, in our country was 
thirsting for that feeling, uh, it made it a, an easier leap for the client to take, even though it was a leap for them, like a massive leap. It made it an easier leap for them for their have not just have their brains open up to it, but also their hearts. Uh, and that's what I think was, you know, it, it kind of created that that opportunity for us to jump in and 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 sell this and make it and make it come to life with them. Well, Bev mentioned to me, or sorry, Bev mentioned earlier that uh, delivered record sales when the campaign broke, but also it was good for you to understand you just landed a lot more work from that client. So congratulations. Thank you. So I want to talk now about a year later. What's next? I mean, this is a group that came together. You, you, you know, Denise used to have taxi used to be, you know, we, we, the whole agency could fit in a taxi cab. You kind of created, recreated the same sense of this ensemble. What happens now with the kind of growth and energy and attention that you're getting in the marketplace, not just in Canada, but globally, how do you maintain the essence of your craft is, is where the consumer loves the advertising, the client loves the advertising, you love creating the advertising. Knowing that, that supply and demand, we're gonna run out of bandwidth with you five and you have to grow. Um, it's funny that we did talk a little bit off, off uh, camera the other day. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we see the world in a certain way and the way we are preparing ourselves is to bring people uh, at the same level that can have the tough, honest conversations with clients just the way we can, that can have the fun conversations with clients as well. And also to be able to create on their own. Like, I think there is this freedom and trust uh, this that comes from trusting creatives and strategists that are good at what they do, that it just flourishes. And I think creating and bringing more people like that will allow them to have their own clients, have their own relationships, create their own magic, while we still get to do what we're loving uh, at the most, you know? And when it comes to the culture of that, you know, having an honest and open culture where we can share with, with other creatives um, what our thoughts are, they can give us feedback, they can do the same the other way around. It just makes it like a super open and collaborative experience for everybody and everyone benefits everyone is going to win. The clients are going to get the best of everybody. Uh, and it's working. Uh, we were just happy to be super lucky to bring in another incredible team uh, in Spencer and Jordan uh, about three months ago, who are unbelievable at that, you know, extremely, uh, I like to call them advertising creative professionals, mm -hmm. you know, where they understand the creativity, the business side, and how to have those conversations with the clients. Bev, earlier on in the, uh, in the show, we, Jay mentioned this sort of brand new model. How have you packaged this model to the clients, especially in this era of procurement and everybody wanting you to do more for less so that they buy into this might be a better way to create advertising because ultimately advertising is about building your business versus simply an expense to your business. Right. So we like to say to everybody, we don't sell time, we sell ideas. And uh, the model, the agency client model, we know, and part of what we did, we looked at when we were bringing this all together was what are the problems that we can solve in the industry? And, and the agency client relationship is one of them. And so we decided we needed to do uh, the right thing to try and fix that. And part of that is to get rid of this whole hourly billing model 
Um, you know, not every hour is valued the same, but the client has to pay for all of them under that model. And it, it just breeds a, a churn and a relationship that is becomes unhealthy. And so we're just very, um, very uh, bullish about the fact that we're not in the business of selling time. We're in the business of selling ideas. And, and that's, you know, so when we're not for everybody, people need, you know, want to buy into that, they'll come to us. And we've got some unbelievable client partnerships that have come through that um, that process and who really see the benefit in it now you know a few months later or some of them even you know almost a year later are starting to see wow this is just a, it just breeds an entirely different commitment to the output not all the time it takes to do it so that's I mean that that's one answer I think there are a few different things but that would be yeah. one really key difference for us you were uh, talking about this the other day, and I think what's interesting, what, what why other agency models struggle is, talent gets promoted up and away from the work, and it just sort of happens. You get you do you do a great campaign, you get promoted up a, a notch and a little bit further away from the work, and then you get promoted to to be a, a creative director overseeing twenty or thirty people, and it's really hard to make magic happen <laughs> when you, the, the talent's been elevated so far away from the work because you're only touching it two, four, five percent of the time. So with this model. We want to bring the talent right back down to the work. So it's just senior creative people, senior creative talent, touching the work, crafting the work, um, selling the work, keeping it sold. Um, and I think that is so fundamentally different than any other model where you promote the best talent up and away from it. Because it's so hard to create through other people. We just have, we, we just go straight to it. It's like from Jay to us to the client, and it's just streamlined. And that's why hours don't work because sometimes we can do it really fast because we're all just in the same room together and we just, we, we know uh, what we want to achieve and, it, and the magic happens quickly. But uh, I think that's another big difference about our, uh, our model. Yeah. Denise, I, I got a final question for you on, and then I'm going to end with Carlos, but the question for you, Denise, is, you know, you're five people, but clients rely on many agencies. How do you collaborate with other agencies knowing that you're the custodian of the idea and therefore you've got a, a you know your desires to make sure that that idea travels like coke says like liquid across every touch point it doesn't get diluted it doesn't have dead ends it just it just gets amplified so how do you work with other agencies to make sure you get what you're after but at the same time remain collaborative i, I carlos and i were just talking about about this and and how you create this and it's really making sure that you have your intentions in the right place right from the beginning. So understanding that we have a client here who needs work to get really good work to get done. And it's not about who's doing it and who's in charge. And um, you really need to be sort of, uh, you have to work to that, that idea. So if you have a great idea, you have to get everybody on board and inspired by it. And you have to be true to the idea versus um, true to titles and who's doing what. Having said that, it's very important that clients are, are clear and have set up the right pathway for us to, to work together and understanding that we're all working towards making the best idea. In some ways I found, in some way, I'm not sure if it's because of the ideas, but in some ways it's been a bit easy to get people on board because they're excited about some of the ideas that we're showing them and they've wanted to be part of the whole process and they've been excited. And maybe it goes back to what we were talking about is doing work that connects with people emotionally. It's easier to get people on board when they understand 
that you're doing it for the quality of the work and to have the best idea and them falling in love with the idea too is, is quite powerful. And Carlos, I get, I get, sorry, go ahead. So I'll throw one more in because the part, my partners won't say it, but you know, when Denise Todd and Carlos walk into a room, uh, the people are in awe and they're mentors to so many people in the industry. And for the, the chance to work with the three of them is a dream for all partner agencies. And so, you know, I think there's kind of almost a disarming factor as well that the people just respond, they're natural leaders and, and they've been leaders for a lot of these people. So it, it just makes for a much more effective environment for them. Well, Jay, I would, I would uh, be easy, or sorry, I'd say this way. Jay would be, uh, it, it would be wrong to not acknowledge that when you walk into room two, you create the same level of admiration given uh, how many years you've, uh, you've talked as the top strategic thinker in Canada. So Thank you've, you. got great you've got great humility, but uh, you also deserve some accolades. Carlos, I want to end with you now because it's time for the tears. Last year, I would, I would argue from at least outside in, you were the biggest name because you had just achieved so much and you've done it with a partner. And I, yet, when I talked with you last year, I would say you're the one that had the most self-doubt. So take me back to last year and how you feel this year and are things different? Um, yeah, it's, um, well, hold on. Uh, no, I, I think I, I was, I was thinking about doing this interview a year ago and, uh, everything that happened from, you know, resigning from my job, leaving my partner of 22 years uh, behind, not just a partner, but a, a dear friend, uh, you know, starting this agency, um, you know, announcing it and all this love that came towards us, getting on an interview with you at that time um, was so much that at the moment that I, we hung up from the Zoom call last year, I, I literally broke down. Like I was at home in my kitchen table going, I don't know what it's going to be like three months from now with COVID and everything that's happened, but I know I'm with the right people. And to be here right now with you again, a year later uh, and all these guys uh, talking about the, the humble successes that we've had so far and where we're heading uh, just, just blows my mind in terms of the conviction and the desire and the dream that we all have that, that we still have, and it's still going. And like I've said to these guys before, I can't wait a year from now to be talking about how we've been able to build this unbelievable creative culture within an actual physical space. Cause we have yet to have all been in the room all at once. So it's been a hell of a ride. I gotta tell you. All right. It's Tony Chapman. We've been chatting with the, uh, the Traveling Wilburys, the five of the most extraordinary business-minded, creative-minded, strategic-minded people in the country who came together at the beginning of the pandemic to form Broken Heart Love Affair because they wanted to renew this, this love of the craft they love and they wanted clients to feel the same passion. They wanted to strike a powerful emotional chords with the consumer. I've always judged leaders by head, heart, and hand. Some are very good thinkers, some are really strong feelers, some are just great doers. And I think what you heard today is that head, heart, and hands resonates through this group, but the, what rides above all, and it's so appropriate because it's, it's in their name, is their heart. And when I listen today, I'm hearing humility, generosity, I, I'm you know, fortunate, 
uh, uh, love, fun, laughter, getting along, collaborating, creating, magic. These are utopian words. These are words, and especially now in a pandemic, that not all, all of us are feeling. But within this, this show, I think that what you should take away, the lessons I've learned is aim high. Don't be afraid of how high that rung on the ladder is. Have confidence in yourself and the people around you, because if that rung matters, you can go for it. Second thing is leave your egos at the door. You know, to come in together just like the Wilburys do and like these are doing, collaborate, bring your lyrics on a notepad, strike up a few uh, chords on your guitar and before you know it, you can create the magic they talk about. But I think the final thing and the most important thing is never lose your love for each other. Bev, Denise, Todd, Jay and uh, Carlos, Year two, I hope to be many more interviews with you as we watch the magic of Broken Heart Love Affair continue to flourish, not only in Canada, but around the world. Thank you for joining me on Chat of the Matters. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Well, it's all right. You've been listening to Chat of the Matters presented by RBC. I'm Tony Chapman. Let's chat soon. Hi, it's Tony Chapman, host of Chatter That Matters, presented by RBC. RBC provides small business owners with resources that go beyond banking. Resources that help them attract new customers, build strong employee teams, and manage their money. To get access to these services, go to rbc.com slash beyond banking. Small businesses matter to RBC.